0: Hello to everyone tuning into the Highly Optimized Podcast today. My name is Ryan Sprague and throughout this podcast, I will be showcasing individuals who are living a life beat to their own drum, sharing their stories, and revealing their valuable information for you listeners on how you can effectively take life into your own control, what steps to take to create your own path, and how to maximize your results in manifesting your dreams in this reality. Hopping on to drop some truth bombs regarding navigating your way through sex, relationships, and life as a whole as a woman whose strength and passion for living a life fully expressed and authentic was apparent to me after the first time I met her. Her ability to use her own life experience to create harmony in the lives of those she works with and allow men and women to work through their sex hangups and relationship breakdowns in order to have better sex and create truly fulfilling lives is something I truly feel we can all benefit from in some way, shape, or form. As a result of this, I am beyond excited to have the opportunity to dive into these rabbit holes and more with the one and only Ashley Mays. Ashley, welcome to the show.
1: Yeah, thank you, man. You feel good. Yeah,
0: you know, know, I'm the hype man. You know, I turn pipe dreams into hype dreams, you know? That's what I always say, you know? And so (laughs) it was an honor to write an intro for you. And, you know, for the listeners, we actually recorded our first episode Over a year, actually, just about a year ago. And then, you know, as happens with technology at times, I lost it on the computer. I don't know what happened to it. And then (laughs) I found it, like, recently... And, you know, now you're Ashley Mays. So you, mm-hmm. you've you changed your last name back to what I believe it was originally, right? Yes, yeah, yes. Back yeah. to my
1: maiden name. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: back to your maiden name. And there's so much that's changed in both of our lives that, you know, you hit me every you like, do you want to redo that? And I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking, <laughs> you know? So it's amazing to have you back. I'm so excited to chat about all the juicy details of your life and hear how, you know, you've been able to traverse through a lot of really challenging things that have happened to you in life. And so, you know, on that same account, what I'd love to start with is just a general outlay of the journey you've gone through and how you got into doing sex work, right? And, and sex coaching and all of that, because I feel as though I want to make this as normal as possible because it is, right? And that's my idea with this episode really is allowing people to realize if they haven't yet that anything that's making you feel like sex or any of these subjects are taboo it's just the Puritans getting into your skin, right? Like they died 400 years ago. We can stop living their measly (laughs) existence now, right? And so I'd love if you could showcase, you know, the journey you've gone through and what got you to where you are today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I love that. You know, one of my missions uh, is to normalize sex, make it Mm. to where it's comfortable to talk about uh, with your partners, with friends, with family, you know, just like our favorite restaurants. And so a little bit about me, I grew up in a Southern Baptist family. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad is a preacher. <laughs> and so I was, it was very black and white, right? You know, right and wrong, do this, do that, don't do this, don't do that. You know, if you do, then you're a bad person. This is what a good girl is. And so it just kept me very contained. And um, then, you know, I I rebelled a little bit in high school, but not a lot. You know, I still kind of... <laughs> Kept in that little little box, um, yeah. and then when I went to college, you know, I had more freedom, mm. and I really just exploded in that way, right? I just <laughs> went wild. I yeah. had a rebellious side. I was like, "What? This is what this is like. This is yeah. awesome," you know. And and there's a lot of lessons I've learned now looking back that if I had better sex education, if I had better Uh, sex knowledge, understanding, just in general, I would have made better decisions Mm. uh, because I did have some like uncomfortable, you know, experiences that put a lot of guilt and shame on my, on my life, on me. Right. I created Mm. a lot of guilt and shame in that. And so moving forward, you know, had those experiences. Then I moved away. I met a boy, you know, I did the traditional thing. I got married and we had an amazing relationship. We, we definitely came together in a way of um, this is the next step that we're supposed to do. You know, mm. we date, Oh, we dated for a little while. Then the next thing is to, you know, get married, buy a house, you know, so we did those traditional things. And then we started to, you know, in that relationship, really one of the things I'm grateful for is we both, I think I'll speak for myself, but I think we both really helped with our spiritual awakening so we got to see that we could change and do things ourselves we could create our own relationship that we wanted to create and we we struggled with communication at the beginning and then we started learning how to communicate from a place of responsibility from a place of ownership and then that allowed us to have more intimacy more connection And then ultimately, you know, we did end up deciding to, you know, dissolve the relationship, we did get a divorce. And it has been a beautiful experience in that divorce is something very challenging, no matter, you know, even if it's a friendly and loving divorce, it's, you know, a dream that you had. And, you know, that dream is no longer there. And it's a rerouting of your life. But really, From that, when we separated, I saw, you know, as I was starting to get back in the dating world, I saw where even in my relationship with my now ex-husband, I was still holding myself back sexually. I still held on to those beliefs that I grew up with that, you know, it's only supposed to be in the bedroom, um, you, know, uh, you know, you're know, you not supposed to talk about it. It's hush hush. I, I didn't know how to express myself sexually with my mm. ex-husband. And so I really saw where that held me back in a lot of ways. And so that's where I started diving into becoming more of a sex coach and sex education and allowing people to express themselves so fully because when we can do that, it's so much more power. You know, sex is medicine. It mm. is healing when we allow yes. it to be more than just that orgasm you know, at release that we have, right. There's so much more to it. So Yeah. yeah. I get pumped
0: about it. <laughs> oh, I know. I can feel your energy through the screen. And it's amazing because it pumps me up too, right? And, you know, Paul Check is always famous for saying, you know, and I love his voice saying it too, because he's got the funniest vocal tone to say this, but he's always like, are you actually having sacred sex or are you just masturbating with someone else's body? Right. And that's oh. like, think about, right. Like think about the typical left brain way of thinking about sex. Like it's a means to an end. There's an orgasm and then, okay, I'm done. Right. And if you're a girl, you're lucky if you get an orgasm, right? <laughs> And that's a whole other issue at hand. Right. But, you You're know, like, wait, I need a little bit longer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, what do you mean? I'm done. You know, it's like that typical masculine archetype that is cringy and uh, smells like office supplies, you know, and paper and <laughs> such, you know, and uh, so it's it's really interesting, you know, because, you know, having luckily picked up on a lot of these things and been around, like you've been around so many other people that are open to this and and having many, you know, psychedelic experiences and things that opened my mind to a lot of this stuff. It really allowed me to see that like what most people, including myself for a long time, thought sex is or think sex is, is so far removed. It's like someone thinking that a McDonald's burger is the only burger on, like the only way to get a burger. It's like one, <laughs> like... You mean you never have like real meat or even worse, like a beyond burger is like actually like a beef Uh, burger, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And So that's what I really love about the approach you take, right? Is it's actually a stripping away of what we thought things were rather than this complex system that you have to learn or anything, it's much more stripping away in a re-dash membering of our wild self. Right. And our wild self is sexual in nature. I mean, how do you think we got to seven and a half billion people, you know, that'd be a really busy group of storks. Otherwise, you know,
1: (laughs) I love that. You're right. We're all here because of sex. And so, you know, it's learning, how can we make it more than just, you know, the physical body is just like, oh, this is what we're supposed to do as a married couple or Mm -hmm. being in a relationship or girlfriend and boyfriend. Like this is, you know, how can we actually use it to like have these like out of body experiences? Mm. Uh, How can we use it to heal these parts of us that have trauma? Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's also very interesting that I've been aware in my own experience that most physical ailments, especially ones that are chronic in nature, have to do with some sort of stuck emotion, right? And especially for women, but I would argue very much for men too, how many of those stuck emotions, right, are from sex are then causing physical ailments, right? So I feel as though without looking into you know the degree of your sexual nature and your views and opinions on sex and your sexual preferences and all these things and understanding that, you're almost doomed to end up in a less than ideal living experience because your physical body is going to start accumulating issues along with, I mean, your mental, emotional, and spiritual bodies will too. but it's it's really like this is such a simple system. It can be, right? When we just allow it to be what it's naturally meant to be. What I've found is that because of the left brain and because of like the, the typical masculine society, That we've been in, which isn't necessarily bad, but the running amok of it has been almost overcomplicating everything to death. I mean, think about you know what erectile dysfunction is, right? Erectile dysfunction, in at least some part of this, I imagine there's other you know causes, but one of the main causes is too much thinking, right? They can't get out of their head and into their body, right? So, what are some of the things or common misperceptions you see people having around sex that? have either in your own life or with people you've worked with when you, you know, relay these things to them, it almost, you know, is a noticeable freeing of energy of, you know, almost like a sigh of relief. You know, what are some common things you see that allow people to feel more freedom with sex?
1: Yeah. Uh, there's two things that pop in my mind and, uh, one is, Fantasies Mm. and also sexual desires. So, some people have a problem, like not a problem, but they struggle with the idea that they like kink or that their fantasies are, you know some like way out there kind of things, right? But really like looking at like a fantasy is just that, it is a fantasy. It's what gets you turned on thinking about it. It's not necessarily something that's gonna happen, but it gets you turned on and that's okay. And then giving them permission to share that with their partner, not meaning that they wanna do it, But also just sharing like, ooh, here's something, you know, like I have a fantasy about. And that creates this like beautiful conversation. And then it can lead into ways of other types of desires and fantasies to come into the relationship that you can play out, that you both can agree on. Another one is I think uh, people think an orgasm sex has to have like a certain ending, right? You know, and that there has to be ejaculation. Mm -hmm. you know, and if it's not, then that's actually, you know, not an an epic sex session. And one of the things I teach is there's so many different types of orgasms. So like, especially for men, because, you know, porn, unfortunately, has taught us you know, not the best way of what sex yeah. looks like. Yeah. I think it's great for fantasy ideas. You yeah, know, yeah, I yeah. do. Uh, but, <laughs> but what sex actually looks like, not the best.
0: Yeah. And wait, um, I never thought that. <laughs> right.
1: Right. Oh, wait, that's
0: a good idea. Yeah. Right.
1: My little bucket of things. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, you know, like, so learning that, like, men can actually, so orgasm isn't necessarily ejaculation, it's the body sensation. A male can um, have an erection, you know, and no ejaculation in a full body orgasm, Mm. right? They can have, you know, they can have, you know, a, a partial, right, a semi, and have ejaculation or no ejaculation and still have an orgasm. So it's like, there's different ways to look at it. So when we look at it in that way, it takes off a lot of pressure because Mm -hmm. a lot of times with erectile dysfunction, other things, it's because we are in our heads. So um, I even had a client who would have a hard time staying hard while getting a Mm blowjob, And then, you know, actual sex, then, you know, intercourse where there's like, P and V, penis and vagina, he mm-hmm. could stay hard, right? But when it came to the blowjob, he would have a hard time. And so I was asking him, like, well, what are you making that mean about you? And then, like, what's wrong with that? How can you just be in the moment and enjoying the connection versus saying, oh, I can't keep it up?
0: Mm. Yes. Yeah. Because that's just reinforcing the story, right? As we both know, being story work coaches too, it's reinforcing the story that I can't, I'm this now, you know, it's not, oh, I had uh, one session when this happened. It's now, oh, I have erectile dysfunction or, you know, I am now this identity versus just having an experience of that identity. Right. And, you know, one of the things I thought about too, as you were talking was the idea of fantasies and all this stuff. If you're getting bored in, in life in general, right? This is a rule for life in general, but especially if it applies to things like sex, if you're getting bored, you are not giving either yourself or someone that is close to you permission to be as weird as they really are, because we are all <laughs> so fucking weird, right? And if you think your fantasy is that weird, I guarantee it's not. There's seven and a half billion people on the planet. If you think that that thought that you had was the first time anyone's thought that, I guarantee it is not, right? Because Correct. as the morphic resonance field shows, like as soon as you're having a thought, it's either if it was the first time, it's immediately picked up by other people after, or it's uh, a thought that you picked up as a result of something else in the morphic resonance field having it. Because we're all connected through the same morphic resonance field of in, energy and information. And so that's just something I love chatting about. Is like, if you're getting <laughs> bored, you're not being weird enough. Because did you ever like, think about how weird life is. Like I was eating the other day and I was like, how strange is it that we're so advanced? And yet, like, we still have to do something so primitive, like eat, right, which is amazing. <laughs> like, I'm not like, you know, I'm not like giving any gripe or anything. But it was just funny. It was like a cosmic giggle. Because I was like, we think we're so advanced, we're still like eating things, you know, and it's like, if we were that advanced, we'd be having like, just test tubes and stuff or not. Eating
1: all so, Looking like, at the food and consuming yeah, it. You know? Yeah, exactly,
0: exactly. <laughs> so it's like, we're all so strange. And, and that's what's beautiful about us. And you know, if we omit that ability or that invitation to be strange when it comes to sex, ultimately our our experience of life will suffer. And, you know, I'm curious, you know, you mentioned guilt and shame before, right? And these are specific emotions that I feel a lot of people have, right, men and women around sex. For those listening who might be asking, hmm, I wonder if like things like this are impacting my sex life. What are some common trends uh, around any emotion, but especially guilt and shame, you see show up in people's sex life, like maybe for men it's erectile dysfunction or whatever. Like, have you noticed any correlations or trends there?
1: There's, there's, a, yes, there's a couple uh, pop in. Um, one is actually for for men. Sometimes it's um, shape and size. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um for women, same. they the they maybe have some guilt and shame around the way that their vulva looks. Mm. So that's the physical, that can be one one way. And then also, you know, we all have experienced, you know, I really think we all have experienced some form of Um, sexual trauma now the range of what that looks like is different you know some people unfortunately do have an experience of being raped or molested you know and then also there's some people that just had a really awful sex experience and that can create trauma as well and so you know like let's say you know someone is trying to do anal for the first time Mm -hmm. and it just goes awful (laughs) and bad, right? That's, that's an example of, you know, trauma, which then creates like, well, there's something wrong with me or, you know, a story around it. So it can go into like, you know, wide range, but it's typically, you know, an experience that has occurred, Mm. um, something that has happened, you know, sometimes people, you know, and this goes into like sex education of really learning how to be safe. And, you know, having really good sexual health. Mm. And so, you know, you know, people end up with, you know, STDs and there's a lot of guilt and shame around that. Mm. And really, you know, it's, it's even like, if that is something it's ultimately it's workable, it's doable, you know, mm. it's like you can manage to live a full life with that. You know, we created as being such a negative thing, you know, and it's really like you can find someone that can, work with you on that and it's mm-hmm. something that you communicate right and so there's like a lot of things like that that come up
0: yeah and it makes sense too you know because especially with STDs it's like no one went out specifically looking for it right like no one was like you know what I'm gonna do today I'm gonna go out and get <laughs> gonorrhea that sounds super fun right and if you were out there okay maybe you do exist again the seven and a half billion people but most people that do that or that end up with a disease, they're not thinking that, right? And sure, maybe some people make some bad decisions, or some poor decisions, or things that were not in their highest good. Yet, at the end of the day, things just happen. And there's always a lesson to be learned in there, if we're actually looking for the lesson. And I feel as though, when we actually look at life, life is much simpler and less important than we feel it is. And I don't mean important in the sense of like, it's very important, right? Like, it's an extremely incredible experience. But in the way that we think that like, this is life, then death, and then we're done forever. It's like, it's not exactly like that, right? So chances are, I what I believe is that we signed up for these experiences for some reason, because our soul needed to learn something from them, right? And so when they happen, they've already happened, right? You can either cry over the spilt milk, or you can choose to look at it in a new way. And that new way can be extremely hard to do yet on the other side of that is infinite freedom. And so it's really like, for anyone listening who has any problem right now, especially around sex, like, That problem is being presented to you because on the other side of it is a more aligned version of you. It just is a question of whether or not you're going to choose to see yourself as a victim, something happening to you, or as the architect of your life, something happening for you. And I know these things are challenging. I'm not casting light on you that it's supposed to be easy, but it is what's required if we are to move forward and ultimately enjoy our experience of life, you know, and that's, that's the real medicine, you know?
1: <laughs> and give me some, on that. Some, that. Yes.
0: <laughs> and so like, yeah. you know, I'm curious, what do you feel, are some of the most commonly missed things that people do not understand about sex. Maybe they missed it in sex ed, maybe they never talked about it with their partner. Like I imagine there might be some people listening right now who are curious at this point. They're like, "Okay, I'm listening. What are some things that, you know, might again shed some light on some stories that people might have or just some things people should be aware of when they're moving into a new sexual relationship or trying to respice an old one or anything like that."
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so one I think going back into kinks BDSM, you know, our our sexual desires, like we're taught that it needs to be very vanilla. Mm -hmm. And really, um, there's so much more to it, right? So, um, you know, there's kink, BDSM, there's taboo, there's fetish, right? And so learning that those can be all apart, and they're all okay, Right. There's nothing wrong with you as yeah. a human for, for wanting to be spanked by a hairbrush. Yeah. Right. Like, come on, you know, yeah. that's awesome. Right. Let's yeah. use some of our household tools and, yeah. you know, you
0: know,
1: um, it's saving
0: money. I mean, who wants to go to a sex <laughs> ramp to spend a lot of money, right? right, it's
1: right. You can buy a hundred dollar toy or yeah. a $10 toy and have just as good a time. Yes.
0: <laughs> and be an innovator, you know?
1: Oh, yes. <laughs> i like that yeah yeah you know and and then that goes into like i think sometimes um you know when it comes to sex and you bringing in sex toys there's this idea of like well what's wrong with me you know especially um, with, with men, a lot of times, uh, if a sex toy is brought in, then there might be the idea that something's wrong with their penis, you mm-hmm. know, and it's not, it's just looking at it as it's an enhancement. It's a way to play in and add more play into the relationship way to have more orgasms and mm-hmm. like fun together and connection. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think, you know, learning to like as women, our menstrual cycle impacts our, our sex life as well. And so learning to have a conversation with our partners about that, where we're at in our cycle, how we're feeling, what we can use to like, you know, feel nourished by our partner and for ourselves. And so really bringing that into the relationship, you know, and then I think too, like really learning to Look at, you know, there's, there's this list that my, my business mentor, my coach mentor has made, and it's a, a will won't want list. And it's a list of things. So there's just so much you can do in sex, right? And we don't think about it. But like sex is also like, it's not just intercourse, it's the connection. So it can be like, you know, looking at like, oh, I I like my hair to be pulled a little bit, or I like to like have my arm brushed or, you know, rubbed uh, my belly, not so much, you know, or like, I love my feet to be rubbed, you know, or I want them to be smacked, you know. And so it's like learning to like make a little list of things that you might be interested in doing. Things that you want to do and the things that you are like a absolute no to, mm-hmm. you know. And then as you play into those, because I I, I like to recommend, uh, I'm going a little off, but this is a part nice. of it. Yeah, it's it's. I like to recommend sex exploration. Mm. So creating a time with your partner that is designated and focused on exploring with each other in some sexual way. Yeah. And it's beautiful.
0: Yeah. And, you know, it's so interesting because I knew from an early age, I'm like, the way that typical monogamy is, is just doesn't sound fun to me. Right. And I'm not saying that no monogamy sounds fun, but the way in which it was being presented to me throughout my life in movies and whatever, not actually movies, because in movies they make it look pretty fun. But, you know, it's (laughs) actually like, you know, I heard someone talk about this. I forget who it was, but I wonder if you've heard this that. You know, if we reframed monogamy as what it really was, which is like one of the biggest kinks ever, because if you think about it, you're saying, hey, there's seven and a half billion people out there and I'm shutting myself off to everyone but you. That's like way hotter than the traditional way to think about monogamy, right? And so, yeah. you know, for those that monogamy is like, hey, we want it that way, right? I am I invite you to like take that on, right? Because it's like a huge, you know, commitment and also it's a huge fun relationship to have if you know how to work within it. And then also, you know, if you're not monogamous, right? And that's something that you're curious about, one of the things I wanted to mention too is there's nothing wrong with you, right? Like human nature, it like speaking in human nature, like monogamy is not really that old of a thing, right? It's it's much newer than when we think as a tradition, because back in tribal societies, there was much more just shared connections, let's say, okay. right? And and actually, like, I've heard some very interesting uh, theories. And again, they're theories, but it sounds legit to me. And I'm curious if you've heard about this too, that back in travel societies, women would naturally, you know, it was a very matriarchal societies in a lot of these types of uh, societies. And so women would have connections, sexual connections with many of the men in the village. And that way, when they had children, it was just everyone took care of everyone. There was no like, oh, I know I'm your dad or anything like that. It was just, it was just, it was much more commonplace. And I'm curious if you've heard anything about that.
1: I have, yes, yes. That is very, you know, that is common. That is like the way it was, and I think it's beautiful. Yeah, because it is, it really builds into a community, right? I think when, um, and and you know, monogamy is a beautiful thing too. Yeah, and what can be created, the shadow side of monogamy is jealousy, Mm. you know, expectations. There's like these different things that can come up. And so, um, you know, really... How can we? And and I think back in the day where there was no, there really wasn't really jealousy, right? Yeah, there was no. It was more, yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, it was open. Everyone was a part of the family, and so I think that's one of the beautiful things about having, you know, non-monogamy or open relationships or being poly, because it really has you work in those behaviors you know mm. um you know like with my ex-husband we had an open relationship and one of the most beautiful things i think from that was we really created an open communication mm. we learned how to communicate i started speaking into those things of feeling uncomfortable feeling my jealousy and seeing okay well what am i needing for myself what am i desiring and then now how can i speak that into my relationship and share what i'm desiring and needing
0: I love that. And I feel like this is a really good time to bring up communication styles, right? Because I know for many people listening, they might be like, how do I bring this up to my partner? Right. Even if it's just like we're monogamous and that's all we want, we're both good with that. And we just want to make our relationship a little spicier, right? Like, And of course, like maybe if you haven't gone there before and either you're the guy or the girl, you're like, how do I just drop this at dinner? You know, it's like kind of one of those things where it's like, you know, if you haven't brought it up yet, like how do you go about it? I wonder, you know, especially knowing you do a lot of language work, if there are certain words or, you know, like I know, um, for instance, like some of the biggest things for me have been like, I notice, I imagine, I feel. So I'm curious if you have any certain communication tips that could help people that are trying to navigate this maybe for the first time embark on that journey.
1: Yeah, you know, I I do I love that. I notice, I imagine, I feel. I think that's a great thing. I think every couple should learn that and how to um, have that communication with each other. I think as far as um, bringing up like um, different types or styles of relationship, um, one way is by playing the curiosity game, right? By asking questions. What are your thoughts on? an open relationship I'm curious how do you feel about it and just asking them oh okay well what makes you you know how does that feel what would it what would it look like if we had an open relationship just being curious right and it being like let's play a curiosity game in like expanding the relationship idea and you know you know, what does non-monogamy mean to you? What does monogamy, you know, like all these different things, just playing a curiosity game and understanding where each other is at.
0: That's amazing. And, you know, it's so fun too, because, you know, I feel like like we're talking about monogamy, right? Any relationship is going to have challenges, right? And so, You know, I feel as though most of us are given the whole idea of monogamy as if it's the only way and it's like the easy way almost, right? It's like, oh, it's the easy way. And it's a very challenging thing, right? Especially in a world with Instagram and with all these options, you know, uh, seemingly quote unquote available to you. And so I feel as though if you're going to be monogamous or polyamorous or whatever you want to be, having these conversations with your partner, it clears the air and it's your tell all, right? Because, you know, I can just imagine and Rachel and I do this quite frequently and and we've grown a lot, you know, in our sexual relationship and therefore our relationship as a whole by opening up the floor, right. And having these conversations and just laughing about it together and being like, Oh my God, you think of that? That's so funny. Like I thought of that, that one time, like, and it's just, it's really cool because, you know, you talk about a relationship being friends as well, right? Like you have to be like, I'm going to put a half there. It have to be, you have to be friends for a successful relationship to, to be just that successful. And so These things allow you to, to enter like the friend zone in the fun way. Cause every guy, you know, has the, uh, the perceived friend zone, which actually doesn't really exist, but you know, (laughs) we, we all know that word and get like a little like, uh, but (laughs) the the, the fun friend zone is to get there with your partner in a way where you can have conversations and it's not like life or death. Like if your partner's like, Hey, you ever thought about an open relationship and you're like, Oh my God, they're going to leave me in all these stories. Right. It's like, no, what if they're just a human curious about something they heard about, right? Like, and they're asking you because you're their best friend, right? Like along with their partner. And so I feel like these distinctions are so awesome to be able to go, okay, let's have some friend time, right? And just get, get curious, right? And act as if it's your friend, right? Your friend, if if your friend, right, your platonic friend asked about, you know, polyamorous relationship, you would probably be like, I don't know, like, try it out if it's cool for you, right? Now, I understand with a romantic party, you might not say try it out, but you might be like, I don't know, I've never really thought about it. Did you listen to something or whatever? Like, I'm curious what you know about it. And they're like, I don't know. It seems like this thing, like, I don't want to do it, but it just seems like this cool thing. And, you know, we know so-and-so who's doing it. And it's just like, oh, wow, it's really cool. Like, I wonder if we could talk to them sometime about that. Just to get like, again, like, really what we're, we're toying with here is having the opportunity to... To hear about other people's experience of life, it doesn't mean you have to take it on. It doesn't mean that has to be what you want or your truth, but it's exciting to try on other people's truths, right? The same way that you try on a lot of clothes at a department store, you don't necessarily buy them all. You might try things on that you know you don't want to buy, but you're like, look at this leopard coat. This is hilarious. I'm totally putting this on. Take a picture, right? And it's like, (laughs) because it allows you to get a new lease on life. And when you stay open minded, you stay open to the possibilities of anything. And that personally, for me, is the only way I wish to Mm -hmm. live because a closed mind is a dead mind.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. I love that. Yes. And, and like that curiosity, that open-mindedness when you ask and like you, you can learn something from it, right. It mm. expands your, your consciousness, it expands your way of thinking, and then it opens up your capacity to even have more to experience more. Right. Mm-hmm. So,
0: yeah. And, you know, I know we've talked a little bit about like flavors of this, but I'm curious about like, you know, there's, like I think it's like one in every two marriages gets divorced right now, right? And <laughs> one of those. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. We have proof, you know, and uh, you know, I'm curious because I imagine for someone listening, relationships, like I said, they can be challenging, right? And that doesn't mean they're not fun and exciting and you shouldn't do them or anything. It just means that hey, they're challenging, just like a challenging workout at the gym is challenging, just like being single is challenging, right? <laughs> You know, what are some of the common mistakes you see people making that turn an anthill into a molehill, right? Or mm. a molehill into a, uh, you get the same yeah
1: yeah, 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 yeah.
0: That yeah. makes something small into something very big. I imagine communication is one of them. And I know we've mm-hmm. talked about flavors, but I'm curious if there's anything in that specific context, uh, just because I feel like this is such an incredible subject to dive into and one I haven't gone on the show before. So I love getting yeah. into like potential problems and all these kind of things.
1: Mm, I love that. Yes. Yes. You're right. One is communication, lack Mm -hmm. of communication, you know, not speaking into feelings and emotions that we're experiencing. Right. Um, and, and that comes in sometimes, you know, like, uh, especially like in, in our community and then just like, I think communities growing, there is more connection with people, you know, sometimes some jealousy can be created in that. So learning, you know, communicating boundaries, Things, things that like, you know, are important to you, communicating your emotions and your feelings, um, not putting them back in the corner of like, oh, it's not that big of a deal, you know, I'll, I'll deal with it, you know, I'll deal with it on my own and then, it, you know, explodes. Mm. And another thing that you mentioned too, is like the closed mindedness, right? Mm-hmm. Some people are so stuck in their way of the way they think a relationship looks and like needs to look like and be like, that they're not willing to listen to what their person is desiring and wanting and needing. And in that moment, that creates a disconnect and, and that, but and then that impacts their communication. It impacts their sex life, you know, and, and the relationship can really explode, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then like even going into like for my personal experience of going through, you know, a marriage and then a divorce, you know, we had there's nothing wrong with our relationship as far as like we were best friends. We loved each other. We loved each other more at that time when we decided to divorce than we had, you know, ever. Mm-hmm. And what we learned, too, is because of our coming together um, at the beginning, it was to heal our, our wounds right? To help heal our wounds. And as we were healing those, that's what brought us together. We those, we no longer operated together in that relationship. We kept on repeating the same patterns of sacrifice. You know, I would self-sacrifice to, you know, this, and then like a Michael would have a hard time not asking me to do things. And so we kept on in that pattern. The only way we saw that we could break that was by, you know, ending the relationship. Um, so I think sometimes that plays into it with, if, you know, you're not communicating it well, or it's just no longer working. You heal the different things and it just, it doesn't work anymore. And that's okay too. There's nothing wrong with that, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, you know, it's funny, I was just getting ready to ask you a question and you went into it perfectly at the end there, which is, I feel as though there are some people out there, undoubtedly, who are challenged with the idea of like, is this the end of our relationship or is it not, right? And this is something that you've traversed. And like you said, you guys traversed it very beautifully and very friendlike, right? And very friendly with one another. And, and I've seen both of you interact in person. You're very friendly with one another, uh, even post-divorce. you know divorce. And so what are some signs that you might say, if you were working with a client, might tell you, maybe it's time you guys evolve on from one another, right? And stay friends, whatever. But what are some signs that like similar to what you went through, some signs that people may be outgrowing each other. And I know you talked about a couple of them right there, but any big things that maybe we didn't talk about yet?
1: Yeah, I think um, sometimes, so I look at it as a slinky, mm. right? Especially in in the growth world of relationships. So one, if, One is growth minded and one is fixed minded. Mm. That's, that's going to be a very hard relationship to keep. Mm -hmm. And sometimes growth as well, like there can be different levels of growth, right? And we can be stuck in one way for a long time and the other person is going to continue growing. So if you think about it, a slinky, right, it's bending and going, and it can only be stretched for so long until it breaks, Mm -hmm. right? And so there comes a point where there's a decision that we get to choose to make if we're going to continue going in. so looking at like the relationships as a slinky, right, it's going to bounce and go. It's going to be stretched, you know, but the point of breaking, I think, is when um, there's a fixed and growth mindset and it's just it doesn't operate anymore. And and that's, you know, I've had a couple that, you know, um, one was really, really wanting more sexual fantasies like to play and explore. And the other, you know, just was like a hard, no, would not even try. Mm. And that created a lot of conflict. And unfortunately something like that can create, you know, um, an end of a relationship when we're so stuck in our ways that we're not willing to, Explore and try because there's, you know, it doesn't mean that you know you have to put a strap on and get it in the butt, right?
0: (laughs) There's ways, right? Yeah, unless you want it, it. yeah. Live your best life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) But you know, there's other ways to play and explore, and it was like, you know, not willing to budge at all, Mm. and so that's when I see relationships as like. Uh, you know, um, you know, very fixed in their own mindset of thinking and, and, um, not accepting where their person is at. I think non-acceptance of like wanting them to be more. So looking at them and like trying to pull them to be something they're not, or go to where they're not ready to go pulling them in. I think that impacts the relationship as well, because they're doing it then for their partner and not for themselves.
0: Yes. Yes. And that creates a lot of resentment or can lead to a lot of resentment and a lot of expectations and all these sorts of things. And, you know, made me think of something, right? Like we're talking about all the amazing stuff that's happening because it's 2021 and we can chat about sex and there's so many ideas out there about it and, and relationships as well. Right. There's so many different like uh, views now, like, Hey, monogamy is not the only thing. Right. And we know a lot of people are doing it. Right. And then it's like, Hey, but monogamy is still working for a lot of people. And we know that's working. Right. And so you know, I'm curious what you feel the easiest and most challenging aspects of relationships in 2021 are.
1: <laughs> hmm. I'm like, whoo.
0: <laughs>
1: you know, I think because of, not because, a part of um, uh, COVID, uh, a lot of couples were together more than normal. Yes. And so <laughs> I think... Um, A lot of times we get in our routine of life and we have like our togetherness and our separateness. Um, So I think that is one of those things that um, now being in 2020, really learning how to be your own self in the relationship as well. I really promote separation, time in a relationship, you know, and some people even have like, you know, their bedroom that they sleep in you know, separately at times and then they come together and, and their time together is, you know, even more intentional and more beautiful. Um, so I think, I think that's kind of one of those things where too much time together, you become the same person. Mm. Right. And so um, I think because of COVID a lot of time has been spent together and then you get that way. And so learning how to separate a little bit more and create your own sense of self in the relationship, but then also, having that time together too.
0: Yeah. And it's funny because it was simultaneously the easiest time to do it, right? Like you're home, you got nothing to do really maybe work, but you're at home. You get all the commuting time saved, but it was also the most challenging thing because you're together. And if you were already having challenges around anything in your relationship, and then you're together more, you're like feeding that fire. Right. And then you're like, I'm going to go be alone for a while. And your partner's like, what? Like, (laughs) you know, And it's like, that, that's honestly like like, in
1: my car <laughs>
0: yeah exactly like and think about my life your partner's like uh i don't like this you know and but it's it's so true right and rachel and i luckily have talked so much about this and we've grown so much over the four years we've been together with and and, and really even when we got together this was something that immediately was aware to us like we had been fortunate enough to have experiences in past relationships that allowed us to kind of see like yeah, I liked that. Or like, mm, kind of good with that. Right. And so when we got together, the the story is actually really funny uh, for anyone who hasn't worked in the cannabis industry. I'm not <laughs> sure if this happens everywhere. Right. Uh, but it definitely happened at our dispensary. For some reason, the trim room is like just no holds barred. Right. It's like a complete crazy sex talk. Every time we were in there, <laughs> it'd be like six people and it'd be like, you know, I, I would just be like, uh, uh, taking some Kratom and talking to everyone's ear off. And it was just like the most fun center. And so Rach and I would get put there, uh, together every once in a while. Um, because you know, at the beginning of our dispensary, there was only so many workers. So we'd be switching hats a lot, super fun. You get to like do a different job every day. So we'd be back in the trim room and we'd be chatting and she had a boyfriend at the time. And so I was just, I was single at that point. Uh, I had just broken up with my girlfriend and, uh, So we were chatting and I was just, I was like, whatever. Cause I mean, she had a boyfriend, so I wasn't thinking like that. So I was just being my authentic self. And meanwhile, like, she's like, yeah, a lot of the things you were saying, I enjoyed, you know? And I was like, oh, interesting, you know? And so it's, it's really funny, like how starting our relationship in that way helped us a lot with being able to talk about things. And one of the things that we were always very keen on is like, hey, we are independent people that very much crave one another yet need our time. Like I'm an only child, right? I do have a half brother and half sister, but I grew up an only child. Rachel has a brother, but they're very like independent of one another. And so like, especially because we're both entrepreneurs, we're both coaches, we need our own separate space. Right. And so that has been like, uh, 2020 was like the best time for that because we already had that idea in our head that like, Hey, there's, there might become a time where we need like some just space. Right. And then that situation happened when we were together a lot more and we started noticing like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, separation really does make the heart grow fonder. And I think some of the challenges we're having is just because we're always together. Right. And even just recently, she's been doing big Bubby things and just crushing it and going to Virginia herself and doing all this stuff. And I remember I was at a pool party, uh, my buddy's pool party. And I called her. and I was like, damn, like, I really miss you. You know? And it was like, awesome. Like, I was like, you know, like, of course, the side of me, it's like, I want you here right now. But there was also a side that was so happy mm. because both of us knew like, wow, this is like, This was so much of like at one because, of course, when you're in a relationship, you feel a feeling and then you start attaching stories to this feeling. Right. And so after a while, you're like, I don't even know what this feeling is. It's just eight thousand different things. Right. And then like the feeling of being together too much. And then you have a situation like that happen where that feeling all of a sudden becomes what it really is. It was like, oh, I was just yearning to miss you. That's all it was, right? And mm-hmm. and that can happen just from saying, hey, I'm going to go to the store myself, right? And spend 10 minutes without you, right? It doesn't need to be this big, long thing where your partner leaves and uh, goes to another state or anything. But I really feel as though those times are so special and they allow you to become strong in your own self. and. Mm-hmm. One of the things I, I talked about last week on my uh, story was the whole concept of needing someone, right? And the energetic signature attached to that. And like the, the repercussions of needing someone. Now, I get it. It looks like really cute in movies. Like, I need you, right? And every once in a while, like, it does feel good. But if someone mm-hmm. is literally dependent on your existence to exist themselves, that is going to get old real quick. And so I was looking for translations of like how I could... Reword or transform need you into something that was more affirmative of what I did want in life, right? And so, an idea that I came up with—a high idea, actually—because it was influenced Ooh. by uh, cannabis—was, <laughs> uh, was craving someone's existence, right? Like, Ooh. to me, that's hot. Like, you crave someone's existence, like, oh shit! If someone says that to me, I'm like, it's on, right? Like, yeah, it's it, uh... like, and I mean, like, in any way, right? Mm-hmm. Like, a friend says that, I'm like, game, recognized, game, let's go, like, soul brothers, soul sisters, whatever, mm-hmm. soul brother and soul sister you know whatever i was trying to say but but especially in romantic like relationships too it's to me that says i will exist without you right i don't want to but it doesn't mean i'm going to die without you and that takes a lot of pressure off someone in the relationship right Mm -hmm. because i feel as though that unconscious belief of like till death do us part all these things which are beautiful in nature but can also like i know from my experience warp some weird stories and i feel as though maybe some other humans are having that issue too
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was part of, you know, my marriage mm. was that we created this codependency on each other. We needed each other, you know, and, and I, you know, probably more so me than than Michael. Um, and, and that took a lot of then then he felt like he was responsible for me. Right. And that took the, the romantic side of things out that took the intimacy out. Oh, I'm responsible for her just like a child Mm -hmm. or my dog, or, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm a parent to her, Yeah, you know? And, and so that broke our intimacy because of that. Mm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it makes perfect sense, right? Like really, as I see it, To me, there's a high correlation between how well a relationship works and how well you give each other permission to be your wild selves, right? Whatever that means, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what leads to authentic, pure communication, right? When you're not worried about what your partner thinks, right? If your partner's like, wow, I find that person really attractive. And you're like, hey, that's awesome. I'm glad you had that reaction. That's great. I hope it gave you energy, right? And there's no like jealousy, you know, and when you can really have a relationship that you trust each other that much, it takes all of the pressure off. Like, it's like, yeah, of course we're human. Oh my God. We're going to find one of the other seven and a half billion humans on the planet attractive. Oh no. Right. And it's like, again, the Puritans are dead. Let's stop living by their silly, measly rules. Right. (laughs) Like we can, it's like, it's almost like we grew up and we're still following our parents' rules. And someone's like, Hey, You're 28, man. Like you can you can come home after midnight now. You have your own place and you're like, what? Like that's what I feel like humanity's waking up to right now. It's like, listen, like a hundred people, they ruined sex for like a few hundred years. All right, their impact's been big enough. Let's get over it and move on, you know? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think too, like that part too, like, you know, we have this idea of what the relationships are supposed to look like by the way we learn from our parents and, you know, da, 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 all the way mm. and, and really looking at, and this is something I encourage, you know, couples, uh, you know, men and women that I, that I work with is how can you create a relationship by design? Mm. You get to create the relationship. You are the creator of your life and you're also the creator of your relationship mm. and it can look and be anything you know it could be a monogamous relationship and then you decide for someone's birthday a fantasy is to have a threesome
0: yeah. great
1: that's awesome <laughs> you have a great communication you have you know your boundaries you know you're communicating you have someone you trust and you know all this like you you can create some great like you know, um, expectations, you know, around it. Right. And, and stuff's still going to show up during it. Right. And that's an opportunity to work and grow together afterwards, but you can be in a monogamous relationship and then have someone come in for a birthday celebration. Mm. Cool. Yes. You know, you can be (laughs) swingers. Great. Yes. You know, you can be, you can be, you know, a, a, a trouble. Trouble? yeah Trouble? Tri- Trouble. triple, triple triple
0: yeah triple sounds legit it sounds legit yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> sounds cool right you yeah know? it does sound
0: pretty cool you know and you know it's 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 so cool to talk about this kind of thing too because and i have like another interesting uh thing i'm gonna throw at you just because i know that we both have experience in this category and i'd love to see what you have to come up with it but You know i really feel as though what we're talking about is like listen none of us are getting out alive like stop taking yourself so seriously stop taking your relationship so seriously like your partner is going to find other people attractive oh my god like the The cat's out of the bag, right? <laughs> and if you're okay with that, and, and, and you can do the development work to realize who you are, that you're a force, that you're powerful, right? And remember who you are, then that is going to bother you much less. It's not even going to bother you, right? At a certain point, it might actually be something that turns you on, right? And so, uh, you uh-huh. know, because it allows you to see that your partner is an independent person, and they're still wild too, right? It's like, if you go see a tiger that's in a cage and he's just laying there like, man, I got a chain around me. I'm not even a tiger anymore. How exciting is that going to be? Versus seeing a tiger who's like still a fucking tiger in a cage, right? Like that thing would eat your face off if you let it out of the cage. Like that's the experience oh, yeah. of the tiger you want to have. Creeping and, so,
1: and crawling. And yeah.
0: And so hunting. like what ex- Yeah. Like what experience of your partner do you want? Do you want this docile version of your partner that is, that feels uncomfortable with telling you how they feel because they know you can't handle it? Or do you want to empower them to be the person they're meant to be by doing the work yourself to allow them to grow and blossom and evolve and do the things they want and experience life? Because that's what we're here to do. We're here, the way I see it, we're here to try whatever flavor of ice cream we want to try, right? And if you only tell yourself that, nope, I'm only trying vanilla, right? Play on words there too. But if I'm only trying vanilla, <laughs>
1: then
0: I mean, that's fine if that's the experience you want, but I call bullshit. I don't really know many people who only want vanilla and they're honestly authentic in that, you okay. know, and 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 so one of the things on this whole idea of like, well, what type of people realize that life is infinite, right? And that like, this is just an experience and a trial of flavors, right? In my experience, those are people that try psychedelics. For me, I'm really curious If you've looked into or, you know, had experiences yourself of involving psychedelics into sex and what that may or may not be able to bring forth, especially with all the research coming on in psychedelics and all these things. I mean, sex is the original psychedelic. Like honestly, (laughs) right? I mean, you talk about Oh my
1: gosh. Yes.
0: (laughs) So I'm curious what your <laughs> views are on that. Like, you know, have you tried it? Is it something that, you know, you've seen uh, some of your clients do with success? I mean, what what's going on there?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, well, I want to touch into, I think you're right on. Like a sex can is a psychedelic experience. Mm. You can have an out of body experience with mm. sex when you're so connected and you just surrender and let go. And I think that going into, I think a lot of times when on psychedelics, it, it eases up that our ego, right. It it kind of puts them on the back shelf a little bit and you can (laughs) just like, like go and surrender and just like, let this primal part of you out and play and explore. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think, you know, sex on medicine is amazing, Mm um, you know, uh, MDMA is a great one.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they don't call it the love molecule for nothing. You know? <laughs> That's right, it's, right.
1: it's a good one, yeah. you know? Um, and then even, you know, just on even cannabis, cannabis mm. is a great, you know, medicine oh. to have sex on. Right. Yes. And so just, it just like, A lot of times um, when, when it comes to sex, we, we have, you know, there can be this like tightness, oh, I have to perform or it needs to look this way. Or even like, maybe I don't like the way I look right now, you know, Um, those things play into. And so sometimes when we take those medicines, it takes those things out of the way and we just get to connect as humans, as these spirits, as these souls, and that's really what it is. It's a soul connection and you can have like soul orgasms, you know, yeah. it's like cosmic and yeah.
0: <laughs> you haven't lived until you've orgasmed with the universe, you know, <laughs> oh, and, oh, yes. and Paul talks about that a lot too, you know, for anyone thinking <laughs> of making this stuff up, I'm not, you know, and, <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's very interesting because all of this is really helping me to, to really realize how far I've come in my own, like sexual awareness. Right. And, mm-hmm. and it's, Know again, like guys, the other side is always worth it. I'll continue to say that like it's my mantra for life because it's so true. Like I realize how uncomfortable a lot of these subjects can be because of the programming we've been brought up on, right? Mm -hmm. But they're not uncomfortable by nature, right? They're uncomfortable by nurture, right? So you've been nurtured into thinking they're uncomfortable if you do think they're uncomfortable. And so if you listen to this episode and you felt like a call, like, yeah, you know, maybe that is uncomfortable. Yeah, maybe there's something there dive into that, you know, it's, 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 it's so freeing on the other side. And as someone like Ashley will tell you, I mean, the amount of power you can take back in your life when you unlock the creative potential and become unstoppable in your sex uh, and your experience of sex and connection, therefore is palpable and amazing to say the least. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh
1: yeah. That made me actually think about something that couples, and I mean, actually you can do it with yourself too, is there's this beautiful thing that's called sex magic. Mm. (laughs) So we, we are beautiful. I mean, like as, as humans, we create, we literally can create life, right. Mm. With, with having intercourse, we can create life. We, we create our reality. And so using sex as a tool as well to create and manifest. So you can create a ritual where you connect and it's intentional, right? You can set the mood, candles, lights, music, you connect as soul beings, you know, eye gazing, and then you you have sex, you know, and um you play around or whatever. And then there's like the intention that you set, you hold that the entire time. What do you want to create? What do you want to manifest? And then you have sex, and you 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 as you orgasm, you hold on to that. And that mm. is even another way of manifesting things.
0: Yeah. And it's so cool too, because if I had heard that five years ago, I would have been like intention. Like, what does that even do? And, (laughs) and, and really it's so funny because the reason that anyone that may be listening to this, that thinks intuition is like silly, it's because you're too smart. And I'll tell you that right off the bat, right? The left brain is not the tool to use for things like intuition and experience of life, direct experience, all these things. That's the right brain. Right. And so like Ashley said, experiment, right? Prove us wrong. Like I, you know, I love this kind of stuff. And really the best way to live life as Paul check always says, life is not an observation sport. You have to go have the direct experience yourself. Right. And so try this exactly what Ashley said, make an intention with your partner before you have sex, right? I want to be more connected on the other side of this session. I want to feel you in a way I've never felt you before. I want to feel connected to you in a way that I never thought before. And Experiment right. On the other side of that, ask yourself, did it happen right? And the thing that's wild for me, and I do a lot of this in my new cannabis program, is it really things like sex, things like plant medicines, things that are a little more straight up magical, right? And allow us to get out of the way of the ego a little bit because when the sex is good, regardless of whether your plant medicine's not, the ego does come down. Anything that can get your ego to come down has the opportunity to allow you to really see the power behind things like intuition, because otherwise it's just a word, right? But what is the human superpower? It's imagination. And imagination, it runs rampant when you're having good sex, when you're connected to your partner, when you're communicating well, if you're interacting with plant medicines. I mean, all these things, if you have a healthy diet, if you're drinking water, if you're sleeping well, all of these things allow you to have more imagination and therefore unlock your superpowers. And I love that. So mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you
1: need the snaps again. <laughs> this
0: this conversation got me fired up. And for that and many more things, because Ashley is such a unit, I'm lucky enough to know her in person. Mm-hmm. She's awesome. We've had a lot of fun <laughs> times together. And so I want to make sure that I give you a chance to plug where people can find you, you know, any services you might be offering and just how to, how to connect with you, how to learn more from you, how to grow with you and how to get uh, sex education from you. (laughs)
1: Yes. Ah, thank you. Yes. I've enjoyed this. You know, I was just thinking too. our first show that we did, uh, we hadn't met each other and then now we've like spent so much time together. Yes, "Ah."
0: (laughs) That's why I knew I'm like, we had to redo this. You know, it would have been an injustice to both of us if we had put that other episode out. That was just the icebreaker for before we met one another, you know, (laughs) that's
1: right. That's right. Yes. Yes. I love it. Yes. Um, but yeah, to, to find me, you can find me on Instagram. That's my, my main platform. It's um, at ashley.d.maze. Um, I also have another business. It's a uh, wild awakened women. so it's at wild underscore awakened underscore women. Um, that's for women only. Um, we do sensual dance classes. we have a rage retreat where it's accessing our our anger, our emotions and really the shadow side. Um, we're doing a awaken your wild retreat. Where it's shadow, sex, and sensuality. We we have a lot of fun. We do group calls, um, and then for me, my personal stuff. Um, I'm creating a program called the Sex Code: Evoke Your Sacred Sexuality, and um, I'll share I'll share this because I think I think Please. you'll like this. Yes. Um, so it's Find three phases. It's like,
0: mm, <laughs> mm. I have three
1: phases. It's orgasmic discovery. So it's, mm. it's self-discovery partner discovery. Mm. If you're in a partnership. Um, then it is delicious encounter. Mm. So that's the education, right? So we'll talk a lot about the sex ed, the different types of vulvas and penises and orgasms and- <laughs> sex stuff, you know, all that. And then there's the sexual alignment. So how to integrate that into your life. Mm. Um, So I'm super excited about that. And then I do some story work as well. So I do some stories with people that have any sexual trauma, hangups, anything like that. So
0: I love that. And, you know, I usually ask the same question for my last question every time, but I'm going to change it a little bit for you, right? You get the special privilege, you know? And so that question (laughs) is this, If someone listening could only make one change to highly optimize their sex life, what would Ashley May suggest that change be?
1: Mm. I would say to be curious and explore. Mm. Find the things that you're curious about and and look into them. Um, I would say take the erotic blueprint Mm. quiz that gives you an idea of like your sexual desires and yeah, just explore, you know, be curious. So what do you want? Think about your fantasies.
0: Yes, I agree. Like we've said time and time again in this episode, and it's worth repeating. This stuff is so freeing. Put down what you're carrying, go enjoy life, experience it for everything it is, including sex, which is one of the best parts of it. It's amazing. And you'll thank yourself right? for doing it. I promise <laughs> you guys. As I stated in the intro, when I think of people who exemplify strength, courage, and vulnerability, Ashley immediately comes to mind. I imagine all of you who joined in on this beautiful conversation were able to pick up some gems of wisdom and new insights from Ashley regarding some of the most important, yet least talked about gigantic elephants in the room, such as sex and relationships. Ashley serves as a constant reminder that these subjects should not only be talked about, but also focused on and embodied on a daily basis in order to achieve the highest quality of life for each of us and allow ourselves to express our humanness without the weird stigma these subjects have wrongly had placed upon them. If you heard this and felt the call to dive in deeper, then please do yourself a favor right now and reach out to Ashley to discover all the ways you can add more color, flavor and wildness to your sex life relationships and your experience of life as a whole also while i've got you here if you've been loving the show and are looking to give back in some way i would be forever grateful if you could hop over to itunes and rate and review the podcast as it helps inspire me light my fire and helps me in continuing to stack the show with guests that will leave you feeling curious and optimistic about life as a whole Ashley, thank you so much for doing the work you do and for stopping by today. And until next time, journey well, be well. Much love over to you. Namaste. what is up everybody i hope you are all enjoying the show and i wanted to stop by real quick and share a little bit about our latest podcast sponsor freedom builders now freedom builders are a team of graphic designers website creators videographers social media marketing experts and coaches that build out your custom online business from a to z this is a done for you service which means they do the work for you while you get to put your focus back on what you love most, which is coaching your clients and bringing in sales. Now as a former online fitness coach, Mike knows where your struggle points are and exactly how to help you overcome them. This is why he created Freedom Builders, so that you can scale your business while protecting your time and your energy. Now you guys know that delegation is a business superpower and you can activate this superpower today by scheduling a complimentary call with Mike at freedombuilders, with a Z on the end.com so you can start building the freedom that allows you to take your business to the next level. Alex and I recently connected with Freedom Builders for our Connect with Cannabis build out, and we could not have been happier with the results. With Mike and his team, they were able to go through an outline and create a personalized program for our experience, develop our brand identity, build and design a custom branded webpage, professionally edit our program video content, custom design all of our slide presentations, automate our email marketing sequences, create a seamless payment system for our offer, design unique infographics for our social media content, and guide us through our proven launch blueprint to generate organic leads through our social media. So if you're a coach, facilitator, or healer listening to this ad right now, and you are looking to put freedom back into your life, once again, go to freedombuilders, with a Z on the end, and book your complimentary call today. I hope you all enjoy the rest of the show and I'm wishing you the best day ever.